0: hello and welcome to the game theory podcast i'm your host sam Vicini. we're presented by clns media today on the show Dieter kartenbach is here Hi. we're in the dog days of the uh nba calendar this podcast could get very tangential very quickly uh mm-hmm. It's never happened with us, Sam. Never, never once. No. Uh, we're going to talk about the, you know, what LeBron dubbed the Rich Paul rules. I've been spending the last like 24 hours of my life uh, reporting out that stuff, talking to like 20 agents, mm-hmm. and you know, learning more about how this is going. Kevin Durant spoke out through Chris Haynes. Uh, Chris Haynes went over and sounds like just had the best day with Kevin Durant. To be honest,
1: <laughs> just hanging out with my friend Kev.
0: I love that. Like seriously, Chris Haynes too. like Chris, Chris Haynes is one of the nicest people I've met. Like in this industry. Um, It's that's great. I love that. He just went over to Kevin Durant's house here in LA and hung out. Um, We're going to talk about, I don't know. We might talk a little bit about uh, mental health issues uh, in the Mm. NBA and how the NBA is working to combat those. Uh, Might talk a little bit about Kemba Walker being the only like superstar playing for team USA in well, the tournament, strong term strong term in the tournament that nobody cares about then maybe we'll talk about like feral hogs maybe we'll talk about like some other ridiculousness Their i'm also menace. like i'm like pretty sick sort of um yeah. i'm finally getting over it you might be able to tell in my voice but uh dieter how are you doing how, how is life on your end
1: the giants have lost four straight games They are now closer to last place in the National League West than they are a wild card spot. This is where my life is. These are the things I have to care about. Very happy that Kevin Durant said something today of all days because otherwise, oh boy, I was going to have to come up with something else to write the column on and
0: uh, it would have been rough. Have you written the, this is dumb, they should have sold at the deadline column yet? Here's the thing. I
1: don't necessarily have a problem with the Giants buying in to kind of their own brand At at the juncture of the trading deadline, like I, if you're not going to get an above and beyond offer, like I'm totally fine with saying, hey, nothing we really do here is going to set us up for, you know, decades to come, or at least five years to come. We're just getting parts. Uh, let's see if we can make a run at it. We trust you. We're going to put a little bit of trust in you guys because you've done so much over the last month, and the Giants were the best team in baseball in July. And what the Giants players have done with that trust is shit all over it by losing four straight games, including three to the Nationals, a team directly in front of them in the wild card standings. Like, you, obviously, in... in prior years this would be the circumstance where then the giants go okay well now we know what you actually are um let's put madison bumgarner on waivers and try to trade them that way but there was only one trade deadline this year and so they just gotta ride it out which means they're just not they're just not very good like i don't know if, if they have it in them they gotta show it over like the next four days otherwise i don't have to pay attention to them for the rest of the year so Guess which way I'm leaning.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to have to pay attention to them. And like the uh, Oakland Athletics are, you know, they're a fun team. They're that would really, require people great, in the but like, that would
1: require people in the Bay Area to pay attention to the Oakland Athletics. Like, I watch most of their games. I live in the East Bay. Used to live in Oakland. Now just south of Oakland. Like, love the A's. Love watching the A's. Uh, find them eminently fascinating. I can't write on the A's anymore because I've written A's columns and they just go into the ether for no one to read. And ultimately, as much as it is a a, a masturbatory practice, this columnist life, just writing about whatever the hell you want, this is important. Like Some people have to read it at some point in order for you to maintain your job. So I just don't write on the A's anymore because no one's out there to read it. If people want to start changing that, let me know because I would love to write on them more. But until then, I have to pretend like the Giants are a competently uh, capable team or that NFL training camp means anything. What a time to be alive.
0: I've officially stopped watching the Pirates this year, so I'm, like, trying to find a new team. The Pirates the have won, are real fun. The A's like, are real fun in there. Yeah, the Pirates have won, like, four of their last 23 games. It's, Good thing they didn't uh, trade bad. everybody. Yeah, it's real bad. Uh, what the fuck the fact did they that, do at the deadline? What the hell was up with that? Uh, the fact that they didn't trade Felipe Vasquez was maddening to me in like, so many ways.
1: I get not trading Madison Bumgarner, your ace, because you can give him the qualifying offer. And ultimately, you were were a game and a half back at the time of the trade deadline. Like, it's not ridiculous to think you can play in game 163. Now it is, but it wasn't then. Like, Felipe Vasquez was useless to the Pirates at the trade deadline. Like, he was just hanging out.
0: So basically, here's the deal. Felipe Vasquez has four years left, including this year on his deal. It's either three three more years or four more years. I think it's three more years after this one. So Uh, their, their assessment is essentially, we'll be good next year. Right. I don't think they're going to be good next year. Uh, I think they're going to be kind of a mess. So the pirates never. Yeah. So I don't get it. Like relief pitchers only have so much value to teams that aren't good. Uh, If you're, it's just a totally unrealistic assessment of where the pirates are in terms of their talent level. Uh, So the Dodgers, they apparently asked for one of uh, Gavin Lux or Dustin May and Kybert Ruiz. Uh, Realistically, the answer should have just been nope. get Kybert Ruiz, get like maybe two bottom half of the Dodgers, really strong, like top 10 uh, farm yep. system uh, guys. Right. Right. And just go from there. Like, this is smart. You're like, not getting catchers for them, Right. Like, catcher is a huge position of need with the Pirates right now. Like, it's a huge yes. position of need. The Dodgers have Will Smith already up. Uh, this is just like, to me, it was a no brainer. Um, assuming yeah, Kybert Ruiz plus like, like that yeah assuming like Ky- kybert ruiz plus something else was on the table right yeah i don't yeah i don't get what they're doing it's a mess well i mean why start now yeah no it's it's real bad let's talk about rich paul so i've been reporting this also rich paul. bad no rich paul's good rich no, no, paul's no, good not rich basketball. paul i'm talking about this rule baby Oh yeah, this rules a disaster. Uh, which by the way, right as we've been talking uh, about baseball, the NCAA released a statement and Oh boy. Why don't you just Why don't you just read that out? <laughs> no, let's let's read the rules first. Okay. So,
1: let me know let me know what they're what they're uh, yeah, just tell me how bad this is.
0: So, the rules are that so the NBA Players Association already forces agents to go through an exam, pay dues, etc., to represent players. The NCAA is now coming over top of the uh, National Basketball Players Association and yes. saying that uh, agents need to pass an NCAA test, they need to uh, have a bachelor's degree, and they have to be an NBPA certified agent for at least three years so that they can get certified by the NCAA. So... In general, this doesn't affect like a crazy amount of players, right? This affects guys that are like testing their NBA draft stock. The problem with this is is that it's exclusionary for no reason. It creates barriers for no reason. Um, the fact that you need a bachelor's degree is just r- ridiculous on so many levels. Rich Paul obviously is a great example of this, which uh, LeBron James came out on Twitter yesterday and said, uh, dubbed this the Rich Paul rule. Uh, I got a copy of the memo. I tweeted it out. Like it's just a clusterfuck. Um, when when you see this, what is your initial response here?
1: The NCAA is trying to play daddy again because they can't seem to can't seem to shake that notion that they know what's best and what's best usually benefits them the most. So they're trying to prevent young men who are testing the waters, not you know, high-level NBA prospects, fringe prospects, from empowering their own people and, and, and you know, going outside of the conventional norm. And the thought from my perspective is that, that the rules that are put in place makes it more difficult for fringe people to leave, um, leave the NCAA and stop making the NCAA money. And it is super gross um, that... They keep projecting this notion that, that they know better and that uh, that they're the adults and you're the children and um, the way that we do things is right for you. It's just wholly incorrect and I think there's a pretty strong racial undercurrent to it and it's um, yeah. it's real bad.
0: I, I think that that's, that was my first initial thought about it. Uh, there is a very strong racial undercurrent to it because most of the people in power uh, within the NCAA institutions, from coaches to athletic directors to yep, yep, yep. Uh, people within the NCAA, are white. Uh, I think it's 54% of all college basketball players are African-American. Certainly most uh, high-level NBA draft picks, if we're being realistic about it, are African-American. Uh, and additionally, agents in general are Uh, tend to be white. And what this does is it sets up an artificial barrier to entry for more African-American agents. A great example of this, for instance, is Chris Gaston, who is now representing De'Aaron Fox uh, Mm -hmm. and Damian Dotson uh, just started his agency, I believe in January, 2019. Uh, It it just puts up barriers for people like him who have just similarly to everyone else, Uh, who is an agent most of the time the best uh, intentions at heart they want to help guys out make money on their own start a business on their own like and i know for you know like the young african-american agents also look at it and see you know nine of the 12 uh, agents right now who are representing players and have yearly salaries uh, of over $100 million within their clientele, right. uh, you know, nine of the top 12 of those guys are white right now. And I think that yeah. uh, the NCAA needs to take a serious look at the fact that it is setting up further barriers for uh, diversity, essentially. I, I, By maintaining think- the status quo, you are uh, creating a circumstance where it is much more difficult to get diversity within the uh industry of agencies what what,
1: i don't disagree with that but i do think that it implies that the ncaa doesn't know exactly what it's doing and while i'll
0: say this i honestly don't know if they do but the problem is that i don't think that they did know what they do
1: well i I, I can't even get into that inception level take but um it my thought is this like if you are a 20-year-old and you are testing the waters of the NBA draft and you want to hire somebody who doesn't have these qualifications, uh, excluding the last one because that's a preposterous poll tax situation that's just clearly, clearly prejudiced. I'm um, sorry.
0: Which one are you speaking about?
1: That would be uh, the – you have to come to Indianapolis and take a test.
0: Yeah, that's just the dumbest thing in the world. Like um, you, can, it's honestly – the the yeah. it's the least dumb of the three too. By the way, it's like yeah. it's like the least harmful of the three. So like a right. bachelor's but, degree is just the most insane thing in the world because there's no like student. Uh, there's my no, four years
1: at Missouri really set me up for a, a lifetime of success. Yeah, like, I almost no flunked edu- out like twice. But
0: Come there's on. no educational program that is realistically uh, setting you up to be an agent. There are journalism programs. There are communications programs. I mean. You're Fuck, telling me like,
1: that I, I should have taken sports agency in college?
0: Yeah, like, my second fucking major was film studies, right? So, right. like, we have That's majors for all of this. Uh, it helps me in my hobbies, but not in my sure. uh, real life. Uh, it, we have all of these majors, but, like, for you to come over the top and say, like, oh, you need just some sort of bachelor's degree, what, you think some fucking history degree is going to be out here helping these agents? University uh,
1: of Phoenix is coming through. University of Southern New Hampshire. That's that's really where so you know, that's the school of hard knocks.
0: Here's the NCAA statement. Although some can and have been successful without a college degree, as a higher education organization, the NCAA values a college education and continues to emphasize the importance of earning a degree. We were guided by recommendations from the Commission on College Basketball, which spoke with the agent and advisor community that the NCAA certification process should be more stringent than current processes. Yeah, I bet they should. I will guarantee you, guarantee you, that no large-scale look at the agent-slash-advisor community said that the NCAA certification process should be more stringent than the NBPA process. That is either a lack of research on the NCAA's part, because they talked to someone that they knew would say that, Mm -hmm. or it is a lie. Like, it's one of the two. Uh,
1: No, 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 no. Don't go that far immediately, because... Let's let's be real. And this is where the Rich Paul thing comes into play. But Rich I, Paul I've, does talked,
0: I've talked to 20 agents over the course of the last 24 yeah. hours. No one thinks this is a good idea. Like No one thinks that this process should be more stringent than you're telling current me that processes. Like, I've actually done the work on this.
1: No, too. no, no, and I'm not alleging that you haven't, and no, I'm not I know. saying that that work is incorrect. What I'm saying is you, you're, <laughs> I, I think it's a lot closer to the first option that you laid out than the last one, which is a lie, which is essentially there's got to be one agent who thinks, well, shit, if you make the qualifications much, much higher, I'll be one of seven people that can actually get these guys. Less competition for me.
0: Oh, I'm sure that they may. Maybe someone said they found, that.
1: But they found that
0: dude, and then yeah. he
1: was considered the advisor.
0: Yeah, that might be accurate, but it's bullshit. Like. No, 100%.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, none of, just, none of well, this I, is even remotely, it doesn't help anyone. This The NCAA doing this doesn't help anyone but the NCAA's like, front office, realistically. It doesn't wh- help the kids involved you because think,
1: you're... Why do you think it helps the NCAA in particular? Other, uh, other than the suggestion that I threw out, which is it will probably keep more kids in school in a very vicarious manner.
0: So I don't think it'll do that, for what it's okay. worth. I think the opposite might happen. But okay. what I think it does is... Their goal now for college basketball, I think, is to make sure that the idea of player empowerment does not filter down to Mm. college basketball. Uh, I think that that's the most important thing that is happening here. I think that the NCAA... yeah, I think the NCAA is trying sees what's happening in the NBA, sees what's happening across the basketball industry, uh, sees these AAU programs like Marvin Bagley's Phoenix Family, like Twenty Two Vision, uh, uh, when Romeo Langford was there. Like you can look up and down the AAU roster; their programs built around singular kids, um, and sees that we are entering the era of player empowerment across the basketball industry, except within college basketball. And I think that in many ways, this is the, uh, the athletic departments and the coaches swinging back at that, uh, idea of player empowerment,
1: essentially saying, uh, unless you come way above, right, you don't, you don't get to just have hangers on. You don't get to have, you know, advisors that aren't in a, Beyond professional capacity. that That's what they're saying. That you can't just have an Uncle Dennis situation. You have to have...
0: Which, by the way, Uncle Dennis is done right by Kawhi.
1: Yeah, and, and people think... Rich Paul is done right by everybody that he has ever represented. Like, right. the notion... The notion that one first, I I, I, and here, here's
0: a great example of it going the other way than that, right? So, Chubby Wells, the guy who was going to represent Zion Williamson, failed his exam to recertify his credentials in January. Uh, So, the NBPA process works to weed out these people that you know might be pretenders on some level, right? right. Uh the NCA shouldn't be putting a process over the top of that. Like it's it's already a process that works. And if you're going to say, "Oh, well, uh this is what the NCA said at the agency seminar in May because that's when this was announced uh to mm-hmm. the agents was in May at the NBPA seminar." Um <coughs> they said the NCA pitched it as a way to protect players in light of the FBI investigation into college basketball. Oh my god. Well, guys, the person who caused the investigation into college basketball was Christian Dawkins, who wasn't even certified by the NBPA. Like right. none of this none of this matters. None of this is a thing. Well, it
1: matters. It matters because it's happening and it's real and it's stupid, <coughs> but it's preposterous. I mean, it's 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 on its face Obvious, what the NCAA is trying to do uh and I thought you hit the nail on the head and i find I did find the initial clapback on this, which all clapbacks on this are justified, but the initial one, which is it's the rich Paul rule and Rich Paul has him scared and all that stuff, maybe that's the case, but it 's not about rich paul himself it's about the next rich paul uh it's about the it's exactly of what i st- it's exactly what I wrote a hundred percent exactly and like it, but beyond that like i don't know it, it I don't know why you don't want Rich Paul's. <laughs> like, Neither I, I don't, do I. I, I, don't, I don't inherently understand <laughs> the, the logical argument of, we, you know, we got to protect you from Rich Paul. From what? Like, also, Rich Paul isn't really going to be hit by this. No, like, dude, on a personal level.
0: No, Rich, Rich Paul is above this at this stage. He doesn't recruit kids that are testing the waters. Like, right? This is
1: this is not oh, a. And, thing if, for and, Rich. If, and if he decides and, that, and if if he decides that Clutch is going to represent one of those kids, like he also employs other people that right. can represent those
0: kids. And so, like, can if, certainly they, get they through a, that process. They have another agent, Andy B. Um, Andy Bunta or uh, I think his name yeah. is, um, that handles their international division. If they really wanted to deal with these guys who test the waters they could easily send andy and they,
1: do or or they could just hire another agent
0: like it's not as if right. clutch
1: is hurting for cash um right. uh so this will be as all things ncaa loophole around um people will figure out ways to get around it and nothing will really change but the ncaa we feel good about itself and feel uh feel proper in its righteous indignation towards everybody uh but them getting money so
0: so the the second part of this NCAA statement that was just released is hilarious, too. With this in mind, we benchmarked our new rules against requirements for other organizations that certify agents, like the NBPA, which also requires agents to have a bachelor's degree. That's not entirely true, because uh, the NBPA also has, like, significant easy workarounds if you have work experience at this stage. Right. This is stupid. This is really dumb. Like... No, it's I, it's I, misleading. I, it's dishonest. It's really fucking stupid.
1: Also, why is the, 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 the notion that the NCAA wants anything to do with agents under any parameters is, is ridiculous? Like, why is the Amateur Association putting it, rules in yes. as to quasi-professionalism?
0: And by the way, this whole structure is not in place... For hockey, for baseball agents, for uh, or baseball advisors, I guess they are, is what they're referred to. Um, Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Don't don't get into the world of NCAA baseball with me.
0: Like none of this is in place for them. And this is, again, where the racial overtones come in. Because Mm -hmm. basketball is obviously the sport here uh, because they haven't done anything with football yet basketball is obviously the sport that features the highest percentage of African-American athletes. Right. And, and it has the most, in- and it
1: has the most possible years in which you can leave.
0: Right. And so it hasn't place- been done in football because you have to go three years to place or to put into place rules that are more stringent toward basketball players is already inherently racially problematic. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, yeah, none of this is smart on the NCA. They're getting killed for it, rightfully. They're going to continue to get rightfully murdered for it because they decided to double down. This, this whole organization is so dumb that it astounds me. Welcome to America, baby. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about Kevin Durant. So, uh, Chris Haynes, like we said earlier, went and chilled Kevin Durant for a day. Uh, Chris Haynes, uh, Chris Chris Haynes, Haynes is best. on a
1: heater right now, man. He's he on is. a heater, quiet is, is,
0: is going to hang out with Kevin Durant. Uh, the story is hilarious, mostly for the cameos that <laughs> interweaves throughout the story. Like Alonzo Trier is working out and then just comes and hangs out with Kevin Durant, like on his couch. And
1: yeah. then
0: Damien Lillard just randomly calls Kevin Durant and like says hello on FaceTime in the middle of their interview. Like all of this is great. And I love the pageantry behind it all. Mm-hmm. Um, Within there, I thought Kevin said some interesting things. We've talked at length about Kevin Durant's... The questions over Kevin Durant's injury and how culpable the Warriors were. Kevin put all that to bed. Um, Thank goodness. Yeah, that's that's a conversation that is over. Kevin Durant said the Warriors were not at fault at all. It was on him. Um,
1: it wasn't on anybody. It was bad luck. <laughs> he said shit right, happens. Exactly. And that, that's what I wrote after game five. Shit happens. Like, right. it, it could... The only blame that you can put on the Warriors is that maybe they could have managed his minutes a little bit better, but no one saw this coming. Durant, Durant's doctors, the Warriors, the Warriors doctors. uh, They presumed that the worst that can happen is that a recently healed, uh, if, if entirely healed, torn muscle in his calf... Uh, would go and that the Achilles the strongest tendon in the body would not be the thing that would explode should uh, there be uh, another injury and that makes logical sense via the kinetic chain but that's not what happened shit happens and uh, it's good that Kevin has put it to bed Uh, I suppose it's good that Kevin doesn't hold any uh, ill will towards the Warriors in this regard and yeah I I, I think that uh, it won't happen because that's not the era we live in, but there need to be some mea culpos because some people did more than just put the concept out there, put the suggestion out there. Like, it, some people really like took the warriors to task and claimed, like, downright slanderous shit. And I, listen, I. I I'm going to come off as the Warriors homer, that's fine. Like I it, that was that was some bullshit and I think it would be bullshit if it was the same with any other team if it was uh if it was the Nets or you know the Rockets or whatever like to just slander professionals like that when you don't have all the information and the player himself is not fueling that fire is like what why are you speaking for him in that regard kevin would always speak he just doesn't always do it fast and uh i'm glad that this is over before the season starts because at some point we were going to get bored and we were going to bring this topic up again and it didn't deserve the light of day in the first place
0: yeah totally agree uh they also discussed the idea of kevin durant potentially going to the knicks because alonzo was there um Trier, who I, yeah. has been friends with Kevin Durant for a while. Like that's what been, could have been right. That's like been public knowledge for sure. Um, Said that like that was out there the whole year and it wasn't true. And Kevin said he decided on June 30th uh, where he was. Bullshit. Calling. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I found that a little bit weird. I mean, like maybe he that's decided. A, that's a cool narrative. Yeah. I, you know, well, I'll, I'll let you t- handle that then. Like, why do you think that that is bullshit?
1: He might have decided he was going to the Nets he might have he might have finalized the decision, but he had one foot out the door the entire damn year. And I don't know necessarily if he knew the full on destination, but uh, it was very clear even early in the season, well before the Draymond blow up, that Kevin was gone, and it only exacerbated as the season went on. And I would like to I would like to the Knicks thing wasn't just out of thin air. Now, at some point, it might have been. But when you have enough people who know enough people who talk to enough people, like there were very smart, very trustworthy people who were pushing this in a not uh, here's a here's an idea way, like pushing this as a this is what Rich Kleiman wants. Uh, Kevin seems on board. It's going to happen. Now we can go back and revisionist history and say, well, they were always talking about New York City proper, uh, with one of the five boroughs of it being Brooklyn. Uh, maybe we can go back and say that. But no, the 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 Knicks and Durant were tied together for very good reason after the Draymond blow
0: up. And so yeah, the, the, the idea yeah. was that like Rich Kleiman has always been a Knicks fan. He has the uh, you know connections with the Knicks front office and ownership. R- and Rich was Rich that... was going to get
1: one hell of a deal.
0: Like, I don't know how much I believe, like, I even said at the time that, like, I don't know how much I buy into all of that, Uh, but it was out there, like, that's unquestionably, like, a thing that existed. And it wasn't, yeah, and
1: again, it wasn't just out there on the notion of, it, it wouldn't make any damn sense for it to just be out there whimsically, like, the allure of saving the Knicks was a thing. And ultimately, it was decided by Kevin and perhaps Kyrie as well that that allure was not strong enough to go to an organization like that at this moment and that they could get a lot of the value that they were looking for in being in New York at the other team, which is extremely well run and uh, has a much better roster. And yeah, that's where they decided to go. Now, Kevin also pushed in this article uh, that that. He and Kyrie were not planning on playing together. It just worked out that way. Sure, I'll believe that. Okay, I don't, but I can pretend to.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's like uh, when did it? When did it work out that way? The All Star Game? Yeah, I think it was probably after that. To be honest, I really do. Um, like I, I believe it doesn't him. really matter. Like that's the old. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like it doesn't matter. Like
1: like no I'm one is sh- no one with the Warriors is like angry about this right like they got over it like in like 10 minutes because ultimately had kevin kind of done the same shit that he had done last year which is sign another one-year deal or something and then come back or me you know two-year deal or whatever it, it it got so toxic that it just everyone agreed that it was kind of over and they made the push and they wanted him back and all this stuff but like there was a level of relief that kind of all that drama and bullshit was gone now also gone with it is being the NBA favorites, and that is a very good place to be. Even though heavy is the head that lies the crown, but uh, it, it, there was some refreshment to not having Kevin Durant and all of what happened the past year around anymore.
0: Yeah, um, where do we think? We kind of talked a little bit about the Warriors last week, uh, just in regard yeah. to like the Draymond Green thing, but mm-hmm. you know the Warriors right now in terms of their Odds to make the playoffs. They're at minus 350 on Bet Online. Okay. Uh, they're over under win total right now is
1: 47.5. Okay. Uh,
0: <laughs> I think those numbers are remarkably low. Like, I, I, I low. cannot believe that they are that low. Okay. I, I'm, listen, I'm, I am gonna, I'm in hammer. on that logic. I am gonna hammer that over. How are you gonna do that, Sam? Uh, I am going to go to bed online. Uh, .ag and hammer that over. Uh bet online is just the best place to bet. Uh look, you've got baseball season in full swing, you've got NFL preseason. I bet on the Hall of Fame game last week. Did you bet the bit. under? I did bet the under. Shout out Shout out Robbie Callan in the podcast, baby.
1: He he came through. He was pushing that under hard. I got even to the point where had I been more online at that moment, had I seen the tweet at the right time. I might have logged on to betonline.ag and maybe placed a wager in the same realm. Um, really cashed in after that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's easy. It's easy as hell. Go to uh, BetOnline AG uh, to celebrate the NFL preseason's kickoff. Uh, CLNS Media and BetOnline are giving you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. If you go over to betonline.ag, use that promo code CLNS50 to receive your welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines this football season. Get into the action with betonline.ag, your online sports books. A minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. Uh, you're not a pansy
1: though. You're going to put in more than 55.
0: Yeah. Please just go to betonline.ag. See betonline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. But yeah, man, like I'm excited to, uh, to hammer this warriors over because I think that they're actually legitimately good. I don't disagree with you.
1: The way I've been putting it to people is that I think that their ceiling is much higher than people give them credit for on the notion that. Most people look at it and they're no longer the juggernaut force. They're no longer the far and away best team in the NBA talent-wise. And because they're not at that level anymore, people presume that they are mediocre. That's not the case. They were so high that when they fell down, they still landed amongst the best teams in the NBA. And I think with Steph Curry and Draymond Green and... I think some interesting talent around him. I think Steve Kerr is a much better coach than maybe he gets credit for. Some people give him a lot of credit, but I think the general consensus is that he just had a lot and uh, and made it work, for, or not, as we saw in the NBA Finals. Uh, I, I think that their ceiling is very high. I think that they can absolutely host um, a first-round playoff series, if not a second-round playoff series, in the Western Conference playoffs, should Steph and Draymond play 70-plus games each. At the same time, I also think that the floor is, is really low, like almost tankable low, because of no. You really don't think that?
0: No, they have fucking Stephen Curry. Like, if Stephen,
1: but, but what if they do not have Stephen Curry?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they lose Steph, like, yeah, that's an issue. Bet, like if all, Curry all bets all bets are
1: off. Except it in which case you will still have to pay
0: yes uh if Stephen curry gets hurt like that's one thing but and this is
1: my point like it, it like like most other teams in the mba the warriors do not have a massive margin for air anymore particularly when you look at with if it was clay and draymond we can have the conversation but you don't have clay and you probably won't have 100 percent clay maybe at any point but probably until the playoffs themselves um, and Draymond, for all of his positives, is not going to be gunning for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, after he signed his contract extension, he's going to play it smart. He wants to get into. Uh, you know.
0: I think that he is going to have to play pretty hard, though. Mm. He'll have that, to play hard,
1: but it will not be balls to the wall, sir. I think it's going. He's not. He's not. Go- he's not going to treat the 82 game regular season like it's a playoff game. That man knows how to differentiate the two <laughs> far sure, too well.
0: But like, you can play like at 85 percent and still be like. Pretty oh,
1: good. And he'll okay. be excellent. He doesn't score you 20 points a game, though.
0: No, no, no. no. Like, he's not going to drop 20. The, and the this is where place the Warriors where he's have issue to expend will be. energy is the defense because yes, they are going to need like, someone to defend because uh, you lose Clay Thompson, you lose Kevin Durant. There's just less of a uh, backup plan there. Now, I am fascinated by Willie Colley Stein in the Bay. Like, I'll just say that. Yes. Like, I think there's yes, a real chance that that works out really well. Uh, yes. I would imagine that he probably starts next to Dre, right? Yes, yeah. Like that—that's um—that's an accurate assessment.
1: Uh, no, and then we'll they bring Mooney off the bench as per usual.
0: Right. So, like, I think that they have a chance to actually be okay on defense, especially after Clay gets back. Because I think that Clay, just being who he is, the fact that he's already walking without a goddamn limp uh, is insane. But that dude is, like you said, Wolverine. Uh, I think he's going to be back, like pretty darn near after the all-star break.
1: What we haven't taken into account yet, and this is my air more than yours, is the fact that DeAngelo Russell is actually on this basketball team. And right. that that creates it does create secondary scoring, but what it, it it more than anything else, it is going to have to create a bit of a shift change for the Warriors in their primary on-ball actions. They're going to have to be a lot more pick and roll heavy. And that could unlock things that maybe we haven't seen by design over the last four or five years well yeah they typically
0: curry. only have two guys that can run the pick and roll on the court at once with steph and dre and, like and and clay well, no, can't really do it correct correct
1: but they did not run nearly enough like kevin durant steph curry pick and roll and right. when they, they just didn't they just didn't run it like steve curtis constantly saved it for the nuclear option it was like he held back because he wanted to use it in circumstances in the playoffs where he could run it. They did this against the Nets in the regular season last year. They ran it like five straight plays and just came back in one. They were down by like seven in the final like 90 seconds. Right.
0: And, and let me be clear here. Whenever I say that like, you know, they didn't have as many pick and roll options. Like obviously Kevin Durant can run the pick and roll, but like they just didn't utilize it.
1: They just didn't do it. But they, they don't really have that luxury anymore because... D'Angelo Russell is a, a top-flight pick-and-roll player, and yes, you can try to work him into the motion offense, and they will do plenty of that, and he will do the quasi-clay roll. And, and trust me, they're going to stagger Steph and D'Angelo plenty. It's going to be really interesting, but I would imagine that with Willie Cauley-Stein, a great rim, rim runner, and with Russell on the team now, you're going to have to do just more straight-line pick-and-roll stuff. That could, that could be a... a there could be a little bit of grinding of the gears there as they figure that out. Now, it's not exactly the most complicated offense in the world, but it is a it is different than the identity. They have so many people changing over. I'm interested to see how Steve Kerr actually coaches up this year. Again, the ceiling is extremely high for this team. I don't think that they get enough credit, um, but... There's there is a real danger zone. I think the thing that I'm looking forward to seeing most is if they can turn D'Angelo Russell into an average NBA defender, because I think he has the frame to be a pretty interesting on ball guy as a one or a two. Um, He has a massive wingspan, but he just doesn't. It's just it's just not caked in like it's not built in yet. Can the Warriors in a short period of time convince him to to play dogged defense and teach him enough of the fundamentals of that of of playing defense that he can go out there and be salvageable? Because if he isn't, the Warriors are going to have a drop up on drop. Drop off on offense. That's given when you lose Kevin Durant, and I think a massive drop off on defense. Um, and that that's really where the problems will start, particularly in the postseason.
0: Yeah, uh, in the postseason, I'm a little bit worried, but I'm you not as be. worried in the. Let's see if they get there season. first,
1: because there's honestly there's no guarantee that they make the postseason.
0: I feel pretty good about them making the playoffs.
1: No, no, no. I feel good about it too. Don't get me wrong. I think that's a very good, very good line from BetOnline.ag, but like. Yeah, I'm gonna again.
0: Uh, there's a floor. There's a floor, and it's not very high. I mean, let's say they even lose Steph. they still have D'Angelo Russell and Dre. I mean, in the West, in the West, I get that. That's still at least forty, I think. Really? I do. Wow.
1: Well, I it's, listen, man. I thought I, I was the most optimistic. Forty. I thought I was the most optimistic person in the Bay, but uh, you're not in the uh, Bay, but you're killing I'm here me on for this. It.
0: I'm here for being optimistic about the Warriors. They're so good. Like the culture is so good. Uh, they still have Stephen Curry. Still have Draymond Green. Uh, At least Kevin in-
1: Durant confirmed that the culture was so good today. Otherwise, we would have just said, "Ah, oh, terrible organization."
0: <laughs> my God. Um, so I want to talk about Kemba Walker real quick. I don't know why okay. I want to do this. We've talked about him a little bit already. But so I reported, uh, you know, like a month ago or something. Whenever I wrote my like big thing on Charlotte that they offered him, like, around 160. I think, like, the number I got told was, like, 160, 165. Shams had it at, like, slightly less than 160. Um, I think Rick Bennell had it maybe at, like, under 170 or something like that. Like, we're all in the same ballpark. There was a ballpark, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Shams today, you know, had this Q&A slash, like, feature story with Kemba Walker, and... I just continue to be so alarmed by how stupid Charlotte is uh, to not trade Kemba Walker at the deadline or to not offer him more money per year than the Celtics did. Uh, mm mm-hmm. None of this really makes sense, and the reason that it's important, I think, is because Kemba Walker obviously is playing uh, on Team USA at the tournament that nobody cares about. Uh, That's trademarked now. It's the tournament that nobody cares about. Like even Canada isn't taking it seriously, given the fact that Jamal Murray and Andrew Wiggins and like all these people are sitting out. Um, Shameful. Like it's just, it continues to be baffling to me that the Hornets can be this. Bad at this. Uh, yes, they were in the seventh seed. I get that, but they had a losing record at the time. Why would you? What is the case for not dealing Kemba Walker at the deadline if you're not going to offer him at least, let's say, a hundred and seventy-five million dollars?
1: There's none. It doesn't doesn't make any damn sense. It's uh, it's terrible planning. It's no self awareness. I, I don't I don't understand him at all.
0: So. We'll talk about, like, his deal with the Celtics here in a minute. But, like, I- I'm just, like, struggling to see where the Hornets go from here now. Um, like, obviously, they will exist. Like, I'm not saying that they're going mm-hmm. to, like, lose the franchise. But, like, their highest upside player is probably Miles Bridges, who I think yep. is, like, solid starter. Um, oh, yeah. We don't know if Terry Rozier is going to be a starter. Nick Batum <laughs> is probably overpaid by $15 million now. Uh, yeah, Bismack, that, that one got rough. Bismack is probably overpaid by, I would say, $13 million, $14 million. Uh, That's assessment. only a one-year deal, though. Marvin Collins or uh, Marvin Williams is only overpaid by, like, 7 or so. Uh, We're getting better. Cody, Cody Zeller, another center, by the way, who plays the same position as Bismack Bionbo. They have... $31.5 million tied up in Bismack Biambo and Cody Zeller, by the way. Well, at least it's
1: bringing plenty of fruit.
0: Yeah. Uh, if $13 million tied up in Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who might not be able to play basketball like at a high level uh, for anyone, really. Uh, I just don't know. Th- this is like a total page one rewrite outside of Miles Bridges and maybe P.J. Washington and maybe Malik Monk. And yes, for a team that hasn't been good in so long, like that has to just be incredibly disheartening. And like I think it all just stems from the fact that like Michael Jordan hires people that he knows. Like he hires North Carolina alum Mick, Mitch Kupchik. He hires his roommate at North Carolina, Buzz Peterson. And like he, I don't know how much he meddles in the uh front office stuff like you know i've heard differing things but like it's just not a good situation i feel like
1: i agree it's um it, it, it just seems like amateur hour and that's that's bad like <laughs> it does there's not, there's not that many teams in the nba that you can still claim that about anymore but god damn it they're they're holding down the fort
0: like i don't think that this is as bad as the knicks in terms of like ownership and like front office stuff but like it's bad man it's not good um and I don't, I don't see
1: a, a, a way back. I mean, other than I don't. They, they have to draft
0: it. well. Like they have to, they yeah, have to just hit in the draft now. That's it. And
1: then not, and then not pay that guy.
0: <laughs> I understand. Oh, I understand.
1: God. I understand some logic in not wanting to give Kemba Walker the full. He, he was super max eligible. No.
0: Yeah, honestly, like I understand not wanting to give Kemba. Like, say he. Say he was still just like a 30% max guy. I understand not wanting to pay him five years, 190 million. I I genuinely totally get that.
1: hundred percent.
0: My problem is that if you know you're not going to pay him, why are you not dealing him at the deadline? You could have gotten multiple first round picks from, okay, let's say Philadelphia. Like he's a legit difference maker for Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know what they paid to get a legit difference maker on a expiring deal because they yeah. paid Landry Shamit, um, uh, two first round picks, and who else? There was one more guy that they sent sent across. Might have been Wilson Chandler, but like yeah. the, the three important pieces were Landry Shamit and two first round picks. Like that is a oh, legit pay. starter and two first round picks to put into your cash, uh long term. You could have then turned around dealt those one of those first round picks along with Nick Batum to a team like Cleveland uh, got off of an extra year, Nick Batum's contract and started your rebuild a year early. Now you're stuck basically uh, for this year. Uh, you do have, you know, reasonable cap space next year, but like you're just, you're not cap liquid until 20, till the summer of 2021. And that's not oh, but, yeah. a good it, position it does, to be in. But what does it matter?
1: Like, <laughs> like, like, no one's well, I think
0: being Catholic what is important just for trades as well as free agency.
1: Valid. Valid. Yeah. You you want as many you want as many options as possible, but still, like no one's signing with Charlotte. Unless you're no. gonna significantly overpay them. Which like Terry I guess, Rozier. I, I guess they've got I guess they've got that into their system. The Terry Rozier thing even made it worse, right? Like if you're not going to pay Kemble Walker more than what any other team can offer him, and therefore making it worth his while to stay um yeah you trade them but then you don't go out and overpay a lesser point guard on like what how much are they paying rozier
0: uh it's 359 so like 19 million a year the plus side it is a declining deal in terms mm. of value so jerry is making about 20 million this year it's important stuff
1: i mean it, it,
0: it, i don't know how you're supposed to sell season tickets for that team yeah, I don't know either. It's tough, and I man. think
1: they're a team that already loses a fairly significant amount of money.
0: Yeah, it's not great. Uh,
1: it's bad. Um, they're, yeah, um, I don't what know.
0: Do, what do I we don't. think Kemba Walker looks like with the Celtics, by the way?
1: I think he looks like a... I get, I'm going back to this analogy. Um, lower ceiling, but not tremendously lower ceiling generally higher floor in all all walks, Kemba Walker, or I'm sorry, uh, Kyrie Irving. Like I, like. So
0: like not, Isaiah Thomas.
1: No, because you, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know if there's a, there's a direct comp. The other thing too is without Al Horford, a lot of the, that team changes fairly significantly. I think that at point guard, they're going to be s- steady. I don't, I don't think they lose all that much at point guard. To be totally honest, but when you don't have Horford there, that really does change up a lot of the lineups that you can put on the floor. So I I, I feel like that's a bigger that's a bigger issue for the Celtics.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think losing Horford is a huge deal for them. Um, they're probably going to take a step back this year. I mean, maybe maybe it's not as bad of a step back just because uh, you know chemistry seemed to be a disaster there last year. Uh, yeah. Maybe better chemistry leads to better in wins, every, and, in, and like- everyone
1: likes Kemba. I mean, Jim was a nice guy.
0: Yeah, and like you know, him and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum, these guys all certainly uh, seem to be a core worth building around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like the French center that they got, Vincent Poirier, Uh I you're telling me? Yeah, I think he's like solid. I think he's going to be a rotation player. They go out and they get Grant Williams, they get Carson Edwards, two more like really really good uh, culture guys. Like this is. This is a team worth rooting for now, at least, in a way that I like. Yeah, I can get behind
1: that. Um, It it all comes down to the same thing, though. I mean, can Tatum and and Brown make the leap?
0: Yeah, and I I think that, you know, people will have different opinions on that. I certainly uh, am not sure whether or not Jalen will. Uh, I think Jason will, but I I don't know if Jalen will. Uh, we'll, We'll see basically i think that's where we're at um the last thing i want to talk about is this uh memo that the nba issued to all 30 teams on wednesday uh detailing changes that'll be required before the start of the 2019-20 season in regard to mental health uh according to the memo uh, which was obtained by the athletics sam amick teams are now expected to retain and make available to players on a voluntary basis one or two mental health professionals who are licensed in their field uh, and locality and with experience in assessing and treating clinical mental health issues Uh, they have to identify a licensed psychiatrist to be available to assist in engaging player health mental issues Uh, they have to enact a written action plan for mental health emergencies put in place procedures for communicating to players and team staff the team's practices with respect to privacy and confidentiality and attend a september 12th health and wellness meeting in chicago where these matters will be discussed and analyzed even further uh i I love this like i think it's great i think it's a credit to guys like uh kevin love and demar DeRozan that have really spoken out about these issues over the years uh it's all fantastic i think like the more that uh, sports teams can make strides in this field, uh, I think the better it will be for the general sports community.
1: Yeah, mental health is a, uh, is a very important issue, and anything that teams can do to provide help, if asked, is, uh, is good. Having that resource available is a positive. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. That said... Um, you know, there needs to be some agency with players there too, um, that, you know, you don't have to necessarily just go with who the team gives you. You can have outside mental health, mental health counsel. Um, my hope is that by providing it in a general and very open sense that the NBA helps further destigmatize asking for help with your mental health. Um, around the league and that it no longer becomes uh, unspoken or taboo that you can feel comfortable saying that, yeah, you saw somebody uh, for something you are working through, whether that be team approved, team paid, or somebody on the outside. Um, and, and that really is, I, I would hope, the goal of this Program that the NBA is putting in that mental health is important, and we're trying to destigmatize it. And the way we're going to destigmatize it is we're going to uh, very publicly legitimize it inside of our own organizations and promote it as uh, a resource available to all players and, um, and and you know front office people and such.
0: Well, there's that, and I think that uh, you know just being in sports, obviously. Uh, It's a very uh, testosterone-filled, male-dominated, confidence-based industry. For sure. And I think that opening up more avenues to players that may feel like they have not been uh, engaged in that way uh, before, I think is much, much more important. Uh, there's nothing there's nothing soft in, about it yeah like even even in other industries i think it's more important than uh more important in a sport uh sports-based industry than it is even in other industries just because these guys aren't brought up to talk about this stuff so i think it's incredibly valuable to have it
1: i yeah i i'm uh i'm a major proponent of um getting mental health help i think that uh it can go a very long way and uh hopefully Anyone who needs it can get it now. Uh, And so it's a a good thing. Uh, But as you pointed out before we came on the air, uh, you are curious as to how many many teams already had this in place um, beforehand. Um, And, you know, my hope is that this isn't going to be too difficult for anybody that they were already uh, hedging this way. And this is sort of just a uh, official mandate of something that's already unofficially been happening.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Uh, I would hope that most teams already have some sort of uh, mental health, uh, you know, professionals in the building already. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like Dieter said, I think that it'd be great if this is happening uh, league wide. Uh, all right. So we're going to get get to a couple of fun things. Did you get involved in the feral dogs meme? The feral hogs. Feral hogs. Sorry, I said I didn't. feral dogs. I didn't. I'm very I didn't. ill.
1: Okay. So I didn't. Uh, but I, I fully understand what you're talking about. And I was very much online for the entire thing. Uh, for those who don't know the, uh, artist, Jason Isbel uh, mm-hmm. said, I get that wrong.
0: No, it's Jason Isbell. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 100%. Um, I, again, <laughs> I clearing, clearing my throat because I am ill. <laughs> Any
1: time I, I pronounce last names, I'm so defensive that I'm immediately just like, no, I didn't fuck that up. I? Um, Jason Isbell, formerly of the Drive-By Truckers. Uh, so I, I, I figured I had that one on lock as a big Truckers fan. I will say uh,
0: this. I've never heard a Jason Isbell song
1: oh well you you haven't spent a lot of time with uh college football writers in the south because god damn it do they love him like people in the northeast love bruce springsteen and um i was an og isbel guy just because i'm a big truckers guy and um it's been uh it's been a rough going for uh for us ogs nevertheless uh he is very much online and uh pithy with his tweets and uh you know, he's, a, he's a Democrat in the South, so uh, he, he's a fun novelty to stare at on the Twitter zoo. And he, he made a comment following uh, yet another mass shooting in this country uh, that you know, no one should have semi-automatic weapons. And there was a response from a man in rural Arkansas, uh, what happens when my children are playing outside and 30 to 50 uh, feral hogs come into my backyard? <laughs> Which is, okay, and so most people laugh at that, because it is a preposterous concept. It is, in fact... One, Part of it is the way it's framed, too. Yes, but what about this? Like, it's the ultimate whataboutism. Like, what if 30 to 50 feral hogs... Legit one,
0: question for rural Americans. It is, how do it, like, I kill the 30 to 50 feral hogs that run into my yard yeah. within three to five minutes while my small fun, kids play? It, it because, like, fun. the syntax is also a little bit fucked up because right. he's acting like he has to kill the this feral hogs well, <laughs> yes, uh, here's the in thing, front of can... his small children.
1: Okay, I've I've been to school in Missouri. I have hunted feral hogs. Those motherfuckers, <laughs> all they do is of course fuck. You hunted and,
0: feral hogs.
1: All they do is is fuck and ruin shit. Like feral hogs are a legitimate problem. And so I stayed offline because ultimately, um, I do believe that feral hogs are a legitimate problem. And the more I thought about it, like I am extremely. Anti-gun, and, and that's for a variety of reasons. We won't get into here personal reasons uh, beyond just the, build the a ju- fence. Well, it's one, it's property. Uh, so the guy, the fact that the guy used the term yard when clearly what he meant was my several acre property, right. um, is there. Like two, yeah, you could build a fucking fence. Uh, this, it, you would think that this guy would, you know, have thought to build a wall. He's only heard it so many times at rallies. Um, like. It, it, but it is like the, – the, it was – the funny thing to me was one, like it's a legitimate question under completely ridiculous circumstances. Like that, is, that cannot be your one out for why people should have semi-automatic weapons in the United right. States. And two, um, it was really interesting looking at people constantly telling on themselves that they have never been south of Washington, D.C. and never been west of Philadelphia like that they've never actually been to the midwest and we see this all the time with like uh politico tweets and stuff where they're just they go to the midwest and they like gaze upon the locals as if they're you know yeah, a species the
0: classic, the classic new york times 100 we percent, and talk to six voters in right. iowa yeah this like, is what they're thinking <laughs>
1: like the headline might as well have been like man from arkansas tweets and then like a round of applause from the the northeast liberal elites like a- anyone who took 10 fucking minutes um to just do basic research would understand that there's like a legitimate feral hog problem in the united states and that they suck look they
0: fucking you, suck you are not you're not taking away the feral it's hog hilarious. meme from me because this guy is out here acting like this is, like, the fourth time. He literally said, like, this has happened to me four times. Yeah. So, do I we fully think the body count of feral hogs is just, like, astronomical? I don't think he's
1: a very good shot, is my general <laughs> consensus. Beyond that, here's the other problem. And I talked to some people about this. I did my research. I did my work on this.
0: Do we think he's barbecuing the feral hogs after he murders them in cold blood? The issue is that you shouldn't
1: kill the feral hogs, because then they will scatter. If you shoot at a feral hog, they scatter and then they create their own separate cliques. And then they will procreate like nobody's business. They can push out (laughs) 30 piglets a year. So by killing them, it actually only exacerbates the problem. And this is another issue with gun control in America. If people stop shooting the fucking feral hogs and instead started trapping them we would not have as much of a feral hog problem. But because people can now they have a good excuse to use semi-automatic weapons and can kill a shit ton of feral hogs, it exacerbates the feral hog problem. That's my research on the matter.
0: Oh, my God. I can't this is handle what I,
1: this. This is, this, is what, this is what I do with my spare time.
0: The other funny thing that happened this weekend was so there's this movie coming out. If you've been to the movie theaters in the last like two months, I'm sure you've seen a preview Fuck for if you've it. Watch television. Yeah, see but I don't want I don't have cable like you do so I don't know how much this is on got YouTube TV I
1: mean okay, it's, I'm not sure. like I'm not like some like weird you know I don't have like spectrum like a weirdo
0: so there's this movie coming out called good boys it stars the kid from room um two other kids that are like Bill for him what like, like 10 like these kids are like 10 or 12 that. well no they're, like that they're all 23 years old but
1: look like they're 11
0: no they're definitely young. No, I, I, they're definitely like it's, it's this is under. a
1: this is a uh, a classic shtick. Let's uh, let's watch a bunch of eleven and twelve year olds swear. It's basically a Facebook. Right. Vi- it's like a, a Facebook video your aunt shares in movie form.
0: So like, I'm like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm not super interested in this movie. I'm like not super I, interested either.
1: I'll see it for like five bucks on a Tuesday afternoon if I got nothing else to do. But that's right. probably not happening.
0: But the level to which the internet is angry about this movie existing. The internet angry? It is so angry. Don't they have feral hogs to kill? (laughs) The movie... This movie is an atrocity. The Lord is not pleased. Everyone behind the making of it must repent. Uh, Let's see. Do you think that these are fake... It's crap like this that makes unbalanced minds into mass shooters. Seth Rogen will have to explain this one day when he stands before the throne on Judgment Day. (laughs) These are all comments on a trailer for this movie. The Um, virtue must be signaled, Sam. The virtue must be signaled. This is a joke, right? Rated R? Take this crap back to the drawing board. We want our boys to be boys. Definitely not like this. Who exactly is your target audience here? No parent in their right mind would allow their kids to watch this, and anyone older than 18 would see this as just a kids movie. No, like, very clearly, given the fact that it's an R-rated movie, the target audience is not kids. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I was shocked to see advertisements for this movie, not once, not twice, but three times during a baseball game. How is this appropriate? (laughs) A rated R movie glorifying these pubescent males' unacceptable behavior toward females. Who thought this was a good idea? Disgraceful.
1: Um, my... My new favorite thing is seeing what, so I'm a night owl, as you well know, and um, my new favorite thing is seeing what starts trending at like 1 o'clock in the morning uh, here on, on the this West This was Coast. trending
0: on like Saturday, I think.
1: No, 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 like you're, yeah, no, I, I think it's all authentic, but it might not be, um, because at about 1 o'clock in the morning, which just so happens, I believe, uh, whatever uh, 9 a.m. Moscow time is, some weird political stuff just starts trending. And uh, I really enjoy going through the new trending thing and just seeing uh, how sophisticated these Russian bots have gotten. And um, I'm just saying that I, I can't rule out the fact that um, that they're really sophisticated and that good boys might be on the, uh, the other end of, of their sophistication these days.
0: Saw the trailer in the theater and was shocked the parents of these young actors obviously felt the money and fame of being in this movie was more important than their kids well-being sad to see how little we care anymore about protecting our kids from trash and sexualization what a i love this i love well what's
1: what's the internet is so
0: mad about this
1: yeah and it's really yeah i i i I just love that like we got to protect our kids from all this crap like do you can you remember when you were like 11 like why
0: but why are you commenting on this who are the people that
1: these people these people are again
0: online that they have to comment about this this is a movie that already exists and already has a wide release
1: (laughs) this is the this is again the facebook video that your aunt posted and these are all of her friends posting afterwards
0: man what a what a smart decision on my part to leave facebook
1: oh yeah me too i and I, I
0: deleted everything on the way out you will not find me the only the only thing that i have is the uh the good old instagram I deleted instagram
1: off of my phone i was wasting a lot of time now m- mind you i really only followed um golf instruction videos but um
0: <laughs> you are so caucasian
1: yeah well <laughs> listen I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna own who i am sir and oh, i uh, love this uh yeah i was just i was spending a lot of time and it was also kind of messing my head up because i was getting several different opinions on very simple things that i thought i was once doing correctly and uh yeah, yeah. I, I would i don't i don't know what, how your mornings start sam but um i'll tell you i, I usually pick up my phone and uh check my emails real fast, see what the push notifications are, if any news happened, and then I not go on Not how Twitter. my
0: morning starts, for what it's worth. I'll explain what do you do? Continue. No, continue well, on your end first.
1: There there have been times in my life where I'll wake up at, you know, I'm a, I'm a night owl, and most of the time I have my shit together so that I can sleep in a little bit, and I'll get up at like 9, 30, 10, not very frequently anymore, but back in the day, and um, oh shit, I would just stay in bed for two, three hours just on my phone. And, uh, that's bad and really can't happen anymore now that I'm, uh, theoretically an adult. So yeah, I had, I had just had to get rid of, uh, had to get rid of the gram and I wasn't really posting on it anyway. So who the fuck cares?
0: So I don't leave my phone in my bedroom anymore.
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's because hard. Of that. I totally get it. I totally get it. But as someone who has to opine on breaking news, like the Draymond thing happened and I had, uh, had my phone off like entirely off because my plan was I'm going to sleep in. And um, sometimes I'll wake up at, you know, like 637 and you you need five, 10 minutes to kind of get back to sleep, get that nice second sleep in. And you'll check your phone real fast and just make sure nothing crazy's happened. And, you know, you're just kind of in those moments. So I I had it off. Like, I'm not going to check it. And if I wake up on that, I'm just going to try to get right into second sleep as fast as possible. And then I check my phone and it's just like text messages. Shit was outrageous. And I was... I was easily 45 an hour late to something that on normal days, I would have just kind of had readily available. So I I, I don't like leaving it in the other room because of the the baseline of the job.
0: Yeah, I get that. I guess we do have like somewhat different jobs in that way. Yeah. Like I'm not called upon to do, to opine on things unless I really care about them.
1: Yeah. I mean, there is, there is a speed element to, uh, to the game I play. And, um, yeah, I would, I would like to be on top of it while not also being addicted to checking my phone, um, which we're working on.
0: Yeah. My, my fiance really helped me with that. I will say that she, uh, what was,
1: what was the, what was the biggest vice? What was the biggest issue? You were just checking Twitter all the time.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's Twitter. Like I'm a news junkie. Um, like yep. I need to, like, I need to be connected at all times. I need to know what's happening. Like X, Y, and Z at all times. I got over that. I, I, I what, uh, see yeah, I'm getting over it. Like it's not it's not bad anymore. I
1: unfollowed a shit ton of people, and I, I know that might not be something that you're capable of doing, given your uh, your theoretical right. follower count. Um, I only follow 666 people now, and that will be the number forever, just as a joke. Uh, but it, it, it's a pretty weeded down thing, and like a lot of them are just people that I know personally and am friends with, and kind of don't have the the gall to say that uh whatever you're saying on twitter is not important to me but there's a lot of those people and i mute probably a good hundred of them just i'm not gonna tell you who but a good hundred of them i i don't i never see them so i just don't have as much to take in and so if i don't check
0: my phone for an hour hour 30 on twitter
1: i don't really miss Uh, anything
0: yeah that's great yeah i'm doing better at that i'm playing video games a little bit more that helps what Um, are you playing right now oh the show like constantly. You're
1: there. still you're still rocking the show. Is this how you're gonna get over your pirate sadness?
0: yeah yeah. Like I am like I am in the middle of a you, 162 you the game season <laughs> with the pirates right now, and I am deep in the midst of a wild card chase.
1: I I uh I'm getting my ass kicked in the first round, so I, I was able to improbably get the White Sox to the playoffs and it is not going great. Good luck. Uh, very, very good.
0: Yeah, they are. Uh, Dieter, tell the people what's going on in your life. Tell the people where they can find your work.
1: You can find me on Twitter. So happy to say this. At Dieter, D-I-E-T-E-R. Uh, and uh, the San Jose Mercury News and the East Bay Times. They uh, they still pay me to write columns and uh, maybe some stuff coming down the pipeline. We'll see with that. But uh, yeah, at Dieter is the, the home for all of this stuff. There can only be
0: one Dieter, and it is I. I love that. Uh, I am now officially like 17 days out from my wedding so i'm gonna be recording this motherfucker is sneaking
1: up on us yeah i I have not dropped the requisite
0: weight. so like i am gonna be recording uh some podcasts ahead of time with dieter with cole uh they don't know this yet but there will be some times where i have to uh just record some stuff for the two weeks that i'm like totally out of commission we should record at your wedding we should not record at my wedding my fiancee would literally break up with me
1: sam sam i have the equipment five minutes sam and dieter thrash drunk making it happen talking about baskets.
0: i will not be thrash drunk at my wedding everyone else will be i will not be uh,
1: um yeah i don 't know what, what, have you uh have you already chosen like what 's the bar situation
0: oh what do you mean it 's open bar like what what kind
1: what kind of stuff are you gonna
0: have uh so we are actually trying to figure that out. I have an email right now from my soon to be father in law discussing uh what beers we have do you have suggestions i guess is the question. well
1: okay yeah. so here's the thing um i'm i'm trying i i got i have a wedding in uh 11 months now and uh yeah listen the ipas just have to go until i am uh, a beautiful 44 triple x long suit again and that's that's a while away so so uh, no if ipas you have, we can do that no yeah like yeah just like just make sure you have I don't know. So there, there will be a eight to twelve light beer. I, like, I, listen, man, I'm I'm pounding Michelob Ultras. I'm I'm pounding Trulys. That th- those are good by me. You got you got eight to twelve for me in that regard. I'll be long gone for you.
0: So we uh, uh definitely will have uh the Kona Big Wave Golden Ale there. It's uh, a delightful is...
1: beer, but one I cannot consume at this time.
0: It's not that bad. It's pretty light.
1: It's it's all about the carb count, baby.
0: Uh. Okay, so we've got... Yeah, sorry. Well, it, it, what what do you weird. want? I mean, do, you, do you want like a Rolling Rock? Do you want like a Bud Light? Like, what are we, what are we talking?
1: About? Okay, well, uh, listen, we can go over a lot of the details here elsewhere, but there there are some wonderful selections of uh, beers that have <laughs> under four carbs a can, four carbs to 12 ounces uh, going on right now. You have the uh, the Lagunitas Daytime. You have the Dogfish Head. Uh, I think it's called the Lo-Fi Lager. Um I, I'm a big fan of a Michelob Ultra with a little bit of salt, maybe a lime. Um, Corona Premier tastes like shit, but listen, I've, I've done worse. Um, but you know, push comes to shove, a Bush or a Miller Lite's going to get the job done for me.
0: There you go. All right, this is this is good to know. This is important information.
1: Uh, listen, the, I can last... I can
0: talk for another three and a half hours about cheap beer, baby. The last thing that we have to do here is read a review from the podcast uh the podcast Ugh. community just continues to leave us sterling reviews uh and i appreciate it so so much let's uh let's see what we've got here uh all right let's uh let's go I mean, with that any of these before oh no let's go <laughs> no, with Jesus. No. Let's go with Eric Jr.'s normal-sized collar, which is a tremendous Philadelphia-based name. Oh, find Uh, a new slant. Rename the pod, please. Hey, Sam, I love everything about the pod, except for one thing, the name. Full disclosure, I mean this in the nicest way possible, so please don't read it with the typical 2019 smart-ass internet voice. Here's my beef. The podcast should be called Sam Vicini with Coleswicker," but maybe it's Dieter Kurtenbach. Actually, no, it's Coleswicker. Keep up the great work, uh, no matter who you have on. Just kidding, we know who it's going to be, Justin. Shout out to you, Justin. That is that Well is done, beautiful. sir. I appreciate you. I appreciate everyone that leaves uh, reviews on the podcast. Please go uh, leave us a rating and review. Five-star ratings. Uh, if you leave us a review, we will make sure and read it on the podcast uh, if it's a really good one. Uh, that was and, a
1: really good one. I, I felt yeah. really – it started slow, but boy, did it hit hard at the end. It,
0: it built up. I'm proud of that one. Uh, all right. Until next time, though, we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.